spot of Jane's lusted grief, and around it outcast like a mantle vase. Thy bountiful care, what tongue can recite? It breathes in the air, it shines in the light, it streams from the hills, it descends to the plain, and sweetly distills in the dew and the rain. Frail children of dust, unfeeble as frail, in thee, Lord, we trust, nor find thee to fail. Thy mercy is how tender, how The morning prayer daily throughout the year is found beginning this day on page 4 of the Book of Common Prayer. Please kneel, if able. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall shout forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, for all be without and amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. The Venite on page 5. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with songs. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. Thus he is his 
is animate, and thence prepared the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, hold in up your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proving me and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do bear in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, under whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. You may be seated. The portion of the Psalter appointed for the morning prayer of the 29th day begins with Psalm 139, found on page 549 of the Book of Common Prayer. We'll say Psalms 139 through 140 in unison. Page 549. O Lord, thou hast searched me out and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts long before. Thou art about my path and about my bed, and spiest out all my ways. For lo, there is not a word in my tongue, but thou, O Lord, knowest it altogether. Thou hast fashioned me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful and excellent for me, I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go then from thy spirit, or whither shall I go then from thy presence? If I climb up into heaven, thou art there. If I go down to hell, thou art there also. If I take the wings of the morning and remain in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there also shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, peradventure, the darkness shall cover me, then shall my night be turned to day. Yea, the darkness is no darkness with thee, but the night is as clear as the day. The darkness and light to thee are both alike. For my reins are thine, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. 
I will give thanks unto thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My bones are not hid from thee, though I be made secretly and fashioned beneath in the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance yet being imperfect, and in thy book were all my members written, which day by day were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How dear are thy counsels unto me, O God! Oh, how great is the sum of them! If I tell them they are more in number than the sand, when I wake up, I am present with thee. Wilt thou not slay the wicked, O God? Depart from me, ye bloodthirsty men, for they speak unrighteously against thee, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee, and am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee? Yea, I hate them right sore, even as though they were mine enemies. Try me, O God, and seek the ground of my heart. Prove me and examine my thoughts. Look well if there be any way of wickedness in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man, and preserve me from the wicked man, who imagine mischief in their hearts, and stir up strife all the day long. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent, adder's poison is under their lips. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the ungodly. Preserve me from the wicked men who are purposed to overthrow my goings. The proud have laid a snare for me and spread a net abroad with cords, yea, and set traps in my way. I said unto the Lord, Thou art my God. Hear the voice of my prayers, O Lord. O Lord God, Thou strength of my health. Thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. Let not the ungodly have his desire, O Lord. Let not his mischievous imagination prosper, lest they be too proud. Let the mischief of their own lips fall upon the head of them that compass me about. Let hot burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into the fire and into the pit, that they never rise up again. A man full of words shall not prosper upon the earth. Evil shall hunt the wicked person to overthrow him. Sure I am that the Lord will avenge the poor and maintain the cause of the helpless. The righteous also shall give thanks unto thy name and the just shall continue in thy sight. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 57th chapter of the book of the prophet Isaiah. 
when we read the blessed death of the righteous, that God reproveth the Jews for their idolatry, and he giveth evangelical promise to the penitent. The righteous perisheth, and no man layeth it to heart, and merciful men are taken away, none considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. He shall enter into peace. They shall rest in their beds, each one walking in his uprightness. But draw near hither, ye sons of the sorceress, the seed of the adulterer and the whore. Against whom do ye sport yourselves? Against whom make ye a wide mouth and draw out the tongue? Are ye not children of transgression, a seed of falsehood? Inflaming yourselves with idols under every green tree, slaying the children in the valleys under the cliffs of the rocks. Among the smooth stones of the stream is thy portion. They, they are thy lot. Even to them hast thou poured a drink offering. Thou hast offered a meat offering. Should I receive comfort in these? Upon a lofty and high mountain hast thou set thy bed. Even thither wentest thou up to offer sacrifice. Behind the doors also and the posts hast thou set up thy remembrance. For thou hast discovered thyself to another than me, and art gone up. Thou hast enlarged thy bed and made thee a covenant with them. Thou lovest their bed when thou sawest it. And thou wentest to the king with ointment, and didst increase thy perfumes, and didst send thy messengers far off, and didst debase thyself even unto hell. Thou art wearied in the greatness of thy way, yet saidst thou not, there is no hope. Thou hast found the life of thine hand, therefore thou wast not grieved. And of whom hast thou been afraid or feared, that thou hast lied and hast not remembered me? nor laid it to thy heart. Have not I held my peace even of old, and thou fearest me not? I will declare thy righteousness and thy works, for they shall not profit thee. When thou criest, let thy companies deliver thee, but the wind shall carry them all away. Vanity shall take them, but he that putteth his trust in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain and shall say, Cast ye up, cast ye up, prepare the way, take up the stumbling block out of the way of my people. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. For I will not contend forever, neither will I be always wrong. For the spirit should fail before me, and the souls which I have made. For the iniquity of his covetousness was I wroth, and smote him. I hid me, and was wroth, and he went on frowardly in the way of his heart. I have seen his ways, and will heal him. I will lead him also, and restore comforts unto him, and to his mourners. I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him that is far off, and to him that is near, saith the Lord, and I will heal him. But the wicked are like the troubled sea. When it cannot rest, 
whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. It rendered the lesson. The join of the Te Deum on page 6. We praise thee, O God, we acknowledge thee to be the Lord. All the earth doth worship thee, the Father everlasting. To thee all angels cry aloud, the heavens and all the powers therein. To thee cherubim and seraphim, continually do cry. Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth, heaven and earth are full of the majesty of thy glory. The glorious company of the apostles praise the goodly fellowship of the prophets, praise thee. The noble army of martyrs, praise thee. The holy church throughout all the world, doth acknowledge thee. The Father of an infinite majesty, Unutterable truth and only Son, also the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. Thou art the King of glory, O Christ. Thou art the everlasting Son of the Father. When thou tookest upon thee to deliver man, thou didst not uphold the virgin's womb. When thou hast overcome the sharpness of death, thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Thou sittest at the right hand of God, in the glory of the Father. We believe that thou shalt come to be our judge. We therefore pray thee, help thy servants, whom thou hast redeemed with thy precious blood. Make them to be numbered with thy saints, in glory everlasting. O Lord, save thy people and bless thy heritage. Govern them and lift them up forever. Day by day we magnify thee and we worship thy name Ever world without end. Vouchsafe, O Lord, to keep us this day without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, 
have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy lighten upon us as our trust is in thee. O Lord, in thee have I trusted. Let me never be confounded. We continue on the bottom of page 12. Please kneel if able. <coughs> the Lord be with you. And with thy spirit, let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save them that rule, and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Hindu thy ministers with righteousness, and make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people, and bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us, but only thou, O God. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, and all the salts of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, to the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <coughs> O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings may be ordered by thy governance to do always what is righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O Lord and giver of life, Receive our prayer for Danielle and for the child she is carrying, that they may safely come to the time of birth, and serving thee in all things, may rejoice in thy tender care. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen.
The Order of the Holy Communion is found beginning on page 242 of the Book of Common Prayer. Page 242. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God spake these words and said, I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt have none other gods but me. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not make to thyself any graven image, nor the likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or in the earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down to them, nor worship them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, and visit the sins of the fathers upon the children, unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and show mercy unto thousands of them that love me, and keep my commandments. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Remember that thou keep holy the Sabbath day. Six days shalt thou labor and do all that thou hast to do. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do no manner of work. Thou and thy son and thy daughter, thy manservant and thy maidservant, thy cattle and the stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the seventh day, and hallowed it. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt do no murder. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not steal. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his servant, nor his maid, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is his. Lord, have mercy upon us, and write all these thy laws in our hearts, we beseech thee. Let us pray. O Lord, our governor, whose glory is in all the world, we commend this nation to thy merciful care that being guided by thy providence, we may dwell secure in thy peace. Grant to the President of the United States and to all in authority 
both wisdom and strength to know and to do thy will. Fill them with the love of truth and righteousness, and make them ever mindful of their calling to serve this people in thy fear. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. The call of the Epistle and Gospel appointed for the fourth Sunday after the Epiphany is found beginning on page 75 of the Book of Common Prayer. O God, who knowest us to be set in the midst of so many and great dangers, that by reason of the frailty of our nature we cannot always stand upright, grant to us strength and protection, as may support us in all dangers, and carry us through all temptations. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The epistle is written in the 13th chapter of Romans, beginning at the first verse. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves judgment. For the rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For for this cause pay ye tribute also. For they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. There endeth the epistle. Please stand for the gospel. The Holy Gospel is written in the 8th chapter of St. Matthew, beginning at the 23rd verse. And when Jesus was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, 
that even the winds and the sea obeyed him. And when he was come to the other side, into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? And there was a good way off from them a herd of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, Go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine, and behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea, and perished in the waters. And they that kept them fled, and went their ways into the city, and told everything, and what was befallen to the possessed of the devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coast. Please join me in the Nicene Creed on page 246. <coughs> I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary, and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe one Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please join me in Psalm 141, found in the Psalms of David in Meter, on page 292. Page 292. <clears throat> 
A reminder that Thursday is the Feast of the Presentation of Christ in the Temple. We'll have evening prayer and Holy Communion starting at 4.30 p.m. And that Friday is the day of fasting and material abstinence as appointed by the Book of Common Prayer for the relief of the poor, the strengthening of our resolve against sin, and for a remembrance of our Lord's passion and death. <coughs> May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Render, therefore, to all their dues, Tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Romans chapter 13, verse 7. From time to time, Christian blogs and magazines will feature articles from writers with various opinions about praying for one's country during a worship service. Sometimes it's from a progressive who thinks that uh, God and country must be kept as far apart as fire and gasoline. Or the next thing you know, there will be heretics burning in the town square with bonnet-wearing handmaidens looking on in horror. Sometimes these articles are written by conservatives, and their fear is that the next step, after mentioning our country and our prayers and hymns, will be the immediate erection of a golden calf or some other idol. However, the 2,000 years of Christian experience we inherit from our Anglican predecessors tells us that such extremes of opinion are vastly overblown. After all, during those 2,000 years, kings and empires and governments have come and gone. Sometimes, in fact, those governments have been intentionally replaced, as with our own American Revolution. But nevertheless, down through the centuries, our Anglican spiritual discipline has maintained that it is our positive duty to love and to pray for, as well as we possibly can, those earthly nations that it has pleased God to place us. Place us not as mere neutral agents, but as servants for the building up of his heavenly kingdom. The building up of his heavenly kingdom. Why? Well, we are always called to be God's church in a particular nation, and not just some Christian floating through life disconnected from the rest of the world. Thus, a religious love of country and the people in that country is not a sin, but rather a blessing. 
It's a blessing as long as God, the Almighty God, the Blessed Trinity, is the one and only God. And just as long as our love of our country is expressed through obedience to God and not in opposition to God. Our prayer book's catechism grounds all righteous obedience in God and interestingly in God's fifth commandment. God's fifth commandment, the first commandment with a promise. And so part of the Christian's duty toward his fellow man is to love, honor, and succor my father and mother, to honor and obey all who are put in civil authority, so submit myself to all my governors, teachers, and spiritual pastors, to order myself with humility, and to show reverence to whom it is due. The Book of Common Prayer, page 303. This servanthood to God, from which every proper right and duty proceeds, this is the concrete reason why it is important and permissible for us to pledge allegiance to our country under God. As a simple matter of fact, there is no way that we can rightly pledge allegiance to our country except for under God. For under God is not just a form of words, but our recognition of reality and the true source of all authority. If the Supreme Court or some other power were idiotic enough to ban under God from the pledge, we would be completely unaffected by their wish-casting. Just as we are unmoved by men and women in black robes telling us it's lawful to own another human being, or telling us what marriage is, or whether we can stab and poison children in their mother's wombs. None of their writings matters anything in the eternal scope of God's history. The church will just continue to pray for our country every day, as Christians have always done, trusting in the Lord of Lords to bring his inevitable, perfect justice. Now, while the Anglican way places great weight on our humble deference to our familial bonds to our country and of ourselves to God's merciful governance. That emphasis is not just sort of a quirk of our religious tradition. Everyone who says the Lord's Prayer asks of God the Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I say that all the time, all the time. Thus, any Christian who thinks at all must recognize that although our Lord Jesus Christ tells us flat out that no earthly nation is itself the kingdom of God. Let's repeat that again. No earthly nation is itself the kingdom of God. He nevertheless commands us to pray to his Father that our earthly nations be made a part of the Father's kingdom and transformed 
by grace in places where the Father's will is obeyed as cheerfully on earth as it is in heaven. The Father's will obeyed as cheerfully on earth as it is in heaven. And of course, moving past the Lord's Prayer, we have today's epistle to the Romans, in which St. Paul teaches on behalf of God in heaven, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. We have to remember, those higher powers aren't angels or ideologies. The higher powers he's talking about are ordinary men appointed by God to govern their fellow men. In whatever way those powers that be came unto office, whether by birth, as with kings and emperors, or by votes with presidents and prime ministers, God is selecting them for good or for ill. God is either furthering our efforts to be obedient to him, or God is letting us make the kinds of mistakes that teach better practical lessons about our citizenship on earth and our duty to heaven than any abstract theory could possibly do. The Apostle Paul, we need to remember, is not insane or stupid. When he wrote, Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. When Paul wrote that, he knew that the men who collected the taxes of tribute and custom were not infallible. He knew that the governors and magistrates to whom he commanded us to give our lawful honor and respect as their due according to God's commandment, that those men would often be, without a doubt, bad men or inept. Don't need a lot of examples to help us with that. St. Paul had to know, since, after all, the primary government, when he wrote his epistle, was the Roman Empire. And in those days, the Roman Empire was a earthly empire, pagan to its very core. It would be this empire that eventually beheaded him. And if anything, it's likely that when he wrote to his original readers, Christians living in the center of Rome, the heart of imperial splendor and imperial squalor, that he wrote to those Romans to encourage them not to miss the great reality being taught to us by the triumphs and failures of the princes of men. Why do we think the Old Testament spends so much time telling us about the failures of the princes of men? It's teaching us something deeply important about the providence of God. But those Romans, seeing the corruption around them, those Romans Christians could easily have grown cynical and hateful, just like the people who spend too much time in Washington, D.C. today. They could easily have begun to think of law and order as a sham, or just another way of dominating the public and giving up on praying for their believers, praying for true law and true order. Or worse, they could have let their disgust with our earthly leaders' failures 
turn into a lawlessness which works against our duty to proclaim the gospel. Remember, that's Paul's whole point here, is what is the best way to weaponize the army of Christ to spread the gospel? He doesn't care about anything else. For remember, true law and true order are of God, and not no man is independent from God, right? No man can be independent from God. As St. Paul told the Corinthians, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Not the author of confusion, not the author of anarchy. God is a God of order. Beginning with the perfect order of the Blessed Trinity and ending with the perfect order that God has willed and redeemed. You can make a worse argument than the whole history of the Bible is the creation of order from chaos. Right? The swirling waters of chaos being turned into beautiful order. Right? Certainly, St. Peter and the other apostles looked at the members of the Sanhedrin, the puppet government of their province. They looked the Sanhedrin in the eye, and what did they do? They refused to obey their lawful and ungodly order to cease preaching Jesus Christ, telling them famously, we ought to obey God rather than men. We ought to obey God rather than men. But what we have to hold on to is that there is no contradiction between their witness and St. Paul's. It's the same Holy Spirit speaking to us. There is no contradiction between their witness and what St. Paul is telling us today. We find that a good human law, consistent with the law of God, does not become a bad law because we dislike the man who enforces it or because we believe him to be a bad man himself. God's authority shining through that law is all that matters. And just the opposite is true. If the most beloved country or leader in the world presents us with a human law that is contrary to the law of God, we are obligated to change it, or if need be, break it and boldly face the consequences. After all, the matter is settled long ago. We ought to obey God rather than men. We ought to obey God rather than men. So what we find here is that Christianity makes citizenship a full contact enterprise of men and women whose consciences have been informed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no room in Christianity for the passive blame-shifting of I was only following orders. There's no room for means to end. God holds our governors terribly accountable. He holds them accountable for our welfare. And God holds us accountable for the moral conduct of our governors and nation. Obviously, Christian citizenship can be a difficult vocation. There's no doubt about that. Remember, it took almost 300 years of Christian prayer, of Christian witness, of Christian obedience to just laws, and of 
Christian disobedience when the gospel made it necessary, even to a martyr's death. Right? Remember that defiance of the apostles led to them being murdered. It took all of that, 300 years, to wear down the Roman until it was ready to submit to Jesus Christ, the King of kings and of emperors and of all men and nations. 300 years. God demands the same Christian discipline of us American citizens. There is much to love in our country, doubtless, but there is also so much to reform. Not to make America suit us, but to make America pleasing to God. The best love of country always begins with the best love of God. Secularists will wail at this thought as they seek to day by day to remove Christianity from American life. But this prejudice is nothing new. Sixteen centuries ago, a pagan Roman named Marcellinus, it was already a tired old argument that Christianity would destroy both the Roman Empire and Roman patriotism. St. <coughs> Augustine, the Bishop of Hippo in Africa, made the counterclaim. He wrote, Wherefore, let those who say that the doctrine of Christ is incompatible with the state's well-being give us an army compassed of soldiers such as the doctrine of Christ requires them to be. Subjects, such husbands and wives, such parents and children, such masters and servants, such kings, such judges, in fine, even such taxpayers and tax gatherers as the Christian religion has taught that men should be. Then let them dare to say that it is adverse to the state's well-being. Yea, rather, let them no longer hesitate to confess that this doctrine, if it were obeyed, would be the salvation of our commonwealth. We find ourselves that this doctrine, this Christianity, if it is obeyed, will also be the salvation of our commonwealth, this nation of ours. God loves the nation because he loves the bearing creatures who make up the sin. And our God and calling is to love them too. Not as neutrals from the sidelines, but as the cross-shaped people of God, always ready to die for what is right. God expects us as his adopted and beloved children to work and to pray and to give for the spread of his kingdom. And most of all, here in our own land, here where he has called us to be his own. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you, 
even so do unto them. For this is the law and the prophets. Please join me in hymn 215. Oh, 
We continue on page 250. Please kneel if able. Let us pray for the whole state of Christ Church militant here on earth. Almighty and ever-living God, who by thy holy apostle has taught us to make prayers and supplications and to give thanks for all men, we humbly beseech thee most mercifully to accept our alms and oblations <coughs> and to receive these our prayers which we offer unto thy divine majesty, beseeching thee to inspire continually the universal church with the spirit of truth, unity, and concord, and grant that all those who do confess thy holy name may agree in the truth of thy holy word and live in unity and godly love. We beseech thee also so to direct and dispose the hearts of all Christian rulers, that they may truly and impartially administer justice to the punishment of wickedness and vice and to the maintenance of thy true religion and virtue. Give grace, O Heavenly Father, to all bishops and pastors, especially Peter, our bishop ordinary, that they may, both by their life and doctrine, set forth thy true and lively word, and rightly and duly administer thy holy sacraments. And to all thy people give thy heavenly grace, and especially to this congregation here present, that with me caught and due reverence they may hear and receive thy holy word, truly serving thee in holiness and righteousness all the days of their life. And we most humbly beseech thee of thy goodness, O Lord, to comfort and succor all those who in this transitory life are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity, especially those for whom our prayers are desired. And we also bless thy holy name, for all thy servants departed this life in thy faith and fear, beseeching thee to give us grace so to follow their good examples, that with them we may be partakers of thy heavenly kingdom. Grant this, O Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. The exhortation is found on page 255 of the book of Common Prayer. Dearly beloved in the Lord, be that mind to come to the holy communion that the body and blood of our Savior Christ must consider how St. Paul exhorteth all persons diligently to prove and examine themselves before they presume to eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For as the benefit is great, if with a true penitent heart and lively faith we receive that holy sacrament, for then we spiritually eat the flesh of Christ and drink his blood. Then we dwell in Christ and Christ in us. We are one with Christ and Christ with us. So is the danger great if we receive the same unworldly. For then we are guilty of the body and blood of Christ our Savior. We eat and drink our own condemnation, not considering the Lord's body. We kindle God's wrath against us. We provoke him to plague us with diverse diseases and sundry kinds of death. Judge therefore yourselves, brethren, that ye be not judged by the Lord. Repent you truly for your sins past. Have a lively and steadfast faith in Christ our Savior. Amend your lives and be in perfect charity with all men. So shall ye be meet partakers of those holy mysteries. And above all things, ye must give most humble and hearty thanks to God 
the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, for the redemption of the world by the death and passion of our Savior Christ, both God and man, who did humble himself, even to the death upon the cross, for us miserable sinners, who lay in darkness and the shadow of death, that he might make us the children of God and exalt us to everlasting life. And to the end, that we should always remember the exceeding great love of our Master and only Savior, Jesus Christ, thus dying for us, and the innumerable benefits which by his precious bloodshedding he hath obtained for us. He hath instituted and ordained holy mysteries as pledges of his love, and for a continual remembrance of his death to our great and endless comfort. To him, therefore, with the Father and the Holy Ghost, let us give, as we are most found in continual thanks, submitting ourselves wholly to his holy will and pleasure, and studying to serve him in true holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. Amen. Ye who did truly and earnestly repent of your sins, and all love and charity with your neighbors, and intend to lead a new life, following the commandments of God, and walking from henceforth in his holy ways, draw near with faith, and take this holy sacrament to your comfort, and make your humble confession to Almighty God, meekly kneeling upon your knees. Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, maker of all things, judge of all men, we acknowledge and bewail our manifold sins and wickedness, which we from time to time most grievously have committed, by thought, word, and deed, against thy divine majesty, provoking most justly thy wrath and indignation against us. We do earnestly repent and are heartily sorry for these our misdoings. The remembrance of them is grievous unto us. The burden of them is intolerable. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. For thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may ever hereafter serve and please thee, in newness of life, to the honor and glory of thy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <laughs> Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, of his great mercy, hath promised forgiveness of sins to all those who with hearty repentance and true faith turn unto him. Have mercy upon you, pardon, and deliver you from all your sins. Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness and bring you to everlasting life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear with comfortable words our Savior Christ, and to all who truly turn to him. Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. So God loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, to the end that all that believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Here also with St. Paul said, this is a true saying, that worthy of all men to be received, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Here also what St. John said, If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up unto the Lord. Let us give thanks unto our Lord God. 
It is meet and right so to do. It is very meet, right, and our bounden duty that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty, everlasting God. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of thy glory. Glory be to thee, O Lord most high. Amen. We do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table. But thou art the same, Lord, whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may more evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who of thy tender mercy, didst give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made there, by his one oblation of himself once offered, a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation, and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world, and did institute, and in his holy gospel command us to continue a perpetual memory of that his precious death until his coming again. Hear us, O merciful Father, we most humbly beseech thee, and grant that we, receiving these thy creatures of bread and wine, according to thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ's holy institution, in remembrance of his death and passion, may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of this, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Do this as oft as ye shall drink it, in remembrance of me. Amen.
blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for thee, preserve thy body and soul with an everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for thee, and we thank thee. We continue on page 264 with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who 
humble servants entirely desire thy fatherly goodness, mercifully to accept this our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, most humbly beseeching thee to grant that by the merits and death of thy Son, Jesus Christ, and through faith in his blood, we and all thy whole church may obtain remission of our sins and all of the benefits of his passion. And here we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, our souls and bodies, to be a reasonable, holy, and lively sacrifice unto thee, humbly beseeching thee that all we who are partakers of this holy communion may be fulfilled with thy grace and heavenly benediction. <coughs> and although we are unworthy through our manifold sins to offer unto thee any sacrifice, yet we beseech thee to accept this our bounding duty and service, not weighing our merits but pardoning our offenses. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom and with whom, in the unity of the Holy Ghost, all honor and glory be unto thee, O Father Almighty, world without end. Amen. Glory be to God on high, and on earth peace God will towards man. Thee, we worship Thee, we glorify Thee, we give thanks to Thee for Thy great glory. O Lord God, heavenly King, God the Father of O Lord, the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, that takest away the sins of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sins of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. For thou only art holy, 
of God which passeth all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Please join me in hymn 396. <laughs> 